Blog Talk Radio. We'll go back in time as the seasons pass, when 22 men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final score which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats Football History of its Memorabilia on the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network. In conjunction with Swick Enterprises, that we're live from the Wallingford, Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 150-plus years of football history and memorabilia. You can find us on the web at GridironGraceMagazine.com is at this time. I would like to introduce my co-host. He's a senior <laughs> contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Larger. He hails from Portland, Oregon. Mr. Joe Squires, Joe. Welcome to the show this evening. Uh, Captain, so good to be back on. Who else has the uh, has that credibility like I do? Red Grange and Steve Largent, all under one hat. It is a very unique combination. However, <laughs> it shows the breadth of the historical nature of your collection <laughs> from its earliest beginnings to the modern-day game. You're a gracious and man, parts, Captain. <laughs> And parts in between. As I always say, <laughs> there is never a wrong collection if you collect it. You can collect whatever you want, however you want. And as far as I'm concerned, if you enjoy it, that's all that matters. And that's yeah, really what indeed, it's all about. Good. Very good point. Well, tonight we have a wide open forum, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things over the next uh, 55 minutes or so. So we're going to lead off. Um, I'm going to jump script here a little. I know you're going to get into something, uh, but I just want to say first that um, the latest issue of Gridiron Greats is out. It's available. And I will start off immediately by saying, if you don't subscribe to Gridiron Greats, what are you waiting for? Well, we had a really good issue. Big issue. 
I, I just I don't understand. I don't understand. And on a more somber note, before uh, we have even a, another somber uh, point, I'd like to express my condolences to the Burke family in San Diego, California, and the loss of their uh, father and husband, John J. Burke III, who was a original subscriber to Gridiron Greats magazine. I just found out over the past few weeks he passed at a relatively young age, uh, in his 70s. And, again, i like to express my sympathies. Uh, great guy. Had some correspondence with him over the years. And, uh, um, and, again, my sympathies to the family. John, I'm going to hand off to you. Let's get started. Uh, obviously, a very sad passing. And, uh, uh, it, you know, in the Green Bay Packer world happened. Paul Horning passed away earlier this week. Uh, which not only the golden boy of the Packers, golden boy of America for quite a while, just uh, just sad. You and I were talking offline about just how sad it is. Just uh, you know the, the 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 players you admire, the you know the era, uh, and just how they you know just one by one being taken away. Uh, and obviously, you know the captain being a, a huge Green Bay Packer fan. Paul Horning is a huge part of that. Bart Starr last year, just kind of tough. And it made me look up uh, just the, the, the players on that roster. And it's just, it's packed on both sides of the ball with Hall of Famers, as you would expect. Um, you know, the Vince Lombardi year from 59 to 67. Obviously the Packers plucked him from, uh, you know, the New York football giants, that very famous, you know, the greatest game ever played, the 58 championship from offensive coordinator of the Packers over to head coach of the, or of the Giants to head coach of the Packers. But on that roster, uh, the 1966 Packers, you know, uh, you know, uh, on that roster, Paul Horning, at, at, you know, at whatever you call his position, the jack of all trades, the, you know, the running back, uh, Bart Starr quarterback, Jim Taylor, Fullback, I mean, just a beast of, you know, carrying ball. Forrest Gregg, tackle, probably one of the smartest players ever to lace him up, you know, was what Lombardi said. Jerry Kramer, guard. On the other side, you had Willie Davis, defensive end. Henry Jordan, defensive tackle. Ray Nitschke, inside linebacker, just a powerhouse, Ray Nitschke. Dave Robinson, one of the smartest players, uh, just amazing uh, and, and also just love to see, you know, a, you know, a black player that Lombardi drafted and just kind of brought into the folds, just uh, revolutionary that way Lombardi was. Herb Adderley, a quarterback, and Willie Wood. You look at that, one, two, three, four, five on offense, six on defense, 11 of 22 players, future Hall of Famers. It's no damn wonder they won so many games, so many Super Bowls. And – uh no one's really ever asked you this. I collect Steve Largent, Red Grange. Got an inkling for Jim Thorpe. But as I re- read all those names off, who's your childhood hero, Captain? We've talked about 65 Philly and Tops being your favorite. Is that as a young mustachioed, you know, Bob Swick? Who's your player that you look up to? Well, I pulled out my album of 1964 to 67 Philadelphia cards before the show. I got it open right now. And in 1965, when I was opening up packs of Philly cards, not even understanding what a set was, I'm looking at 
these were the players, uh, these were the cards in the Packers' uh, 1965 Philadelphia set. You had a team card, then you had uh, Herb Adderley, then you had Willie Davis, you had Boyd Dowler, yes. Forrest Gregg, Hornig, Henry Jordan, Tom Moore, Nitschke, Elijah Pitts, Bart, hmm. Jimmy Taylor, Willie Wood, and a play card. And I still remember, I know this Bart Star card is the card I got in the pack because I, 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 I know I had it. It's pretty worn. And um, I was just fascinated with the Packers for the simple reason the connection was found in Connecticut with the Packers and with the players um, for lack of better term, uh, closeness at the time, Bob Saransky came from the Valley, and uh, which is the Ansonia Derby area in Connecticut. It's about a good 30 minutes from where I lived. It was a good half hour or two where, where I used to live in the, in, when I grew up. And the local paper always used to write about him and the Packers and so on and so forth. And I, I was always fascinated with the Packers, uniforms yeah. as I saw on the cards because again I'm looking at black and white TV and I have no clue what any of the colors are or anything like that but they were also mm. winning and I was and I was truly amazed by how a team could win like that and I, and I liked it and I thought it was great and you know it started the love affair with the Packers that I've had in my entire life going through you know the great uh, lean years from 68 all the way up until the early 90s but at the same time, it also solidified that error from 1959 to 1967. I don't think will ever be duplicated by any team ever. Yeah. Uh, what the Packers did in those years, the players they had, the Hall of Famers, just just an incredible, incredible piece of football history. And I always said this, I would love, if I ever had to downsize my collection, I would have no hesitation downsizing it to 1959 to 1967 Packers items up until the second Super Bowl. I would have no problem with that whatsoever because that is the closest to me of what I enjoy. And uh, I do have a lot of ticket stubs and programs from that era. They're very much still in demand this day. And um, the the history behind it is just, just incredible, truly incredible. But sadly, they're all passing very, very rapidly and uh it's just part of life and it's just uh, kind of shocking to see how how fast they're going we were very fortunate to john spano and uh, jeff payne were very fortunate to talk to jerry kramer and uh, mm-hmm. get a lot of insight for the the articles we've had on him over the past couple of years yeah. so, and again jared very close to the forest greg family uh yep. also uh, we're close to the uh leroy caffey family it's uh, it's just amazing, truly amazing. And there's how been these, some, how been some very personal, are. insightful articles in Gridiron, just off those you you mentioned, Forrest Gregg and Jerry Carmen, just very insightful articles and just very gracious players, just allowing strangers from across the country to interview them like that. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, well Jared, in fact, Jared, uh, when he moved back to Colorado, was actually very close to uh, the Grick family and uh, would visit 
on a regular occasion. And, and so he had a first-hand experience with Forrest, and his articles were amazing, and I'm glad we were able to capture those uh, those thoughts and memories yeah. uh, of him, one, one of the greatest one of the greatest Packers and one, one of the greater coaches that ever uh, was uh, involved in football, in both professional and college football. It's truly amazing, truly yeah. amazing. So, um, so we've, I don't know. We've named the rosters. We've we've named the rosters. Half of the '66 team went on to to the Hall of Fame. Uh, yep. I mean, and still, uh, you named a few others. There's others in there who are you know, amazing, obviously, players. Out of all those names, Horning, Starr, Taylor, Greg, Kramer, and then on defense, Davis, Jordan, Nitschke, Robinson, Adderley, and Wood. Who's the one that you who's, – who's your Steve Largent? Uh, Bart Starr, hands down. Bart Starr. Hmm. I, I, I cannot – I cannot say a player who I just idolized when I was a kid. Uh, I would throw the ball in the backyard, and I would pretend that was Bart Starr throwing at, at uh, being a Packer. Uh, even though I didn't, I didn't have any Packer memorabilia at that time, not understanding it. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, it was just a kid with a, a beat-up jersey and a, an old red helmet. And uh, I would play by myself, type of thing. And I, I gotta, I gotta mention this. There was great irony. Um, when I was probably in sixth grade, we had like a flag football uh, league in town, so I got to play. It was on Saturday mornings. And the great irony was, I was on the Colts team. I was against the Packers team, and uh, we played for the. <laughs> for the championship of that little flag football with six, six grade kids. And we won. And uh, I still remember to this day, it was a bitter cold afternoon. We played uh, off uh, the, the high school, had like a practice field. So we played there and uh, we had our flags on. We all had a mishmash of jerseys or whatever. And I, I remember bugging my parents to buy me a sweatshirt with a number on it. And I had number 35. And uh, it was a white jersey, a white uh, sweatshirt with the number 35 in green lettering on it, green uh, ink. And uh, I wore that night and day. It was funny. And then my mother would yell at me when I would get uh, grass stains on or dirt stains after a game. And she said, <laughs> I thought it was five football. Why are you tag- Why are you getting so dirty for? And I said, well, when I go down, I go down. I can't help it. And it was funny. But that came back to me too. So, uh, yeah, much different time. What was it about? Uh, time. What was it about Bart Starr that, out of all of those Hall of Famers, and most people are great too. Yeah. Class act, in my opinion, he was 100% professional at all times. He was a very soft-spoken man. He wasn't egotistical in any way, shape, or form. He uh, played to win every game. He had a great comprehension of the game. He didn't have the greatest talent, but he overcame that. And, Became, to me, one of the greatest thinking man quarterbacks out there. Uh, played when he was injured, played when he was healthy, played, you know, did whatever the team wanted him to do. And Lombardi saw in him the ability that he was willing to go the extra step in, so he could be the quarterback in the long run. I never could understand, however, how he wasn't able to translate that as a coach and be successful other than they just did not have the talent in the years he was uh the coach there that had, had a few, you know, nice spots, nice wins, but he 
just couldn't duplicate it. And I really thought they could have handled his dismissal a lot uh, smoother than what they mm-hmm. did. And uh, but he, you know, being the true, the ultimate professional that he was, he accepted it. And he moved on. Yeah. And got involved. And and again, the Packers of the '90s brought him back in the fold, as they did all those guys, which is what uh, Mike Holgram wanted, and uh, and also, um, you know, the entire organization wanted it. Ron Wolf wanted it. They brought him back. They brought all those guys back, and uh, they they knew they knew that they needed them as much as they the older players needed the organization. Uh, from what I've read, Starr and Brett Favre had a lot of long talks over the years, and that was very classic. And one of the last um, um, appearances of Bart Starr at Lambeau when he was very much in a decline, he's with Favre. Uh, at halftime there, and uh, just it was just a classic moment. But uh, Star 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 was just to me great. He was great. He was uh, he was the total opposite of Joe Namath. And yeah. living where I live, I got a, a a daily dose of Joe Namath and everything he did. And I remember they used to drive my father crazy, uh, saying Namath did this today, he did that. You know what's going on with this guy? He should stick with football. Blah blah blah. But again, it was the '60s. It was the time frame, and that's it. You know. So uh, Bart Starr was old school. Joe Namath was new school, yeah. and it, and it basically clashed. I always wondered what it would have been like to see the Jets and the Packers in a Super Bowl instead of the Colts. I always ah. wondered what what would have happened. What would have happened? But that was not meant to be. And in a way, I really felt sorry for Johnny Yu, uh, who uh, ended up you know, losing that game and uh, on the down downturn of his career, basically, and so should have been his upturn. But again, Namath was was confident, but again, Namath only had one Super Bowl ring, which is one more than a lot of guys ever have. So that's what, that's what it's all about, you know? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, and Star, the Packers do an amazing job of embracing their history like no other team. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about links, you know, that the Packers team put out, you know, on YouTube, one-hour shows. And I think there were five of them that just went over the entire yep. history of the Packers, all the way back to Curly Lambeau, I mean, and just all the way up and through. It was just incredible. And they just I, – I, I'm, a, I'm a closeted Packer fan. I mean, I, I like, you know, America's teams, except the Cowboys. I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know the Packers, you know the the Patriots, you know you know of the of you know the two thousands. I I love dynasties, I guess, and the Packers were the first, you know, big dynasty in modern football. Right. I mean, you, you know, uh, so I always dug them, and just those, you know, I mean, it was funny. There was I think like the the final one. I watched it before you did, and I was commenting on it like, what the what the hell? You're not even a Packers yeah. fan. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah. So not only do the Packers just do an amazing job of of, uh, of embracing their history, but I mean, look at this—just uh, a team steeped in, you know, steeped in, you know, excellence, all under Lombardi. And there's a reason that you know the the ultimate trophy is named after you know Coach Lombardi. It's just because of mm-hmm. what he brought to the table. And it was just and the and the, yeah. sa- and the sad part about Lombardi was he he. I think he should have just given up the GM job and stayed as coach. And he was very fearful of 
financial insecurity. And I'm sure if he just went, went you know, uh, told the Packers his feelings, there would have been accommodations made every which way to keep this man in Green Bay for the rest of his career. And Washington made him an offer that he could not refuse. He takes it. He he lasts basically one year, and sadly, you know, he passes. And, and you know, and again, I look at it. I'm older. I'm older than when Lombardi died, obviously. And I just say to myself, can you imagine if he was healthy and how how you know how much more he could have done, a as a coach, and or as a um, you know manager of some sort in a team or in a front office for for the NFL. It's, it, it's just truly. Truly amazing, but it's part of the legacy of him. He was only here for a short period of time, and that was up. And he made his mark. He knew, you know. You and he, you 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 see it all over. I mean, you know, starting with Lombardi, obviously, the natural progression is to move up the ranks, to go from coach to GM. Uh, but then it, it's a tough juggle. Uh, you know, you, you you saw it with Mike Holmgren. You know, uh, offered yep, the GM yep. job and enticed you know enticed out of Green Bay to Seattle. Uh, Yep. Amazing job. I mean, it's it, it's 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 two separate jobs. I mean, focus on coaching and not you know worrying about HR and player salaries and stuff like that. Just let it's uh, it is the natural progression is, is most seen by most coaches, I guess, is right. to take over the GM right. job. I mean, who knows? But I mean, you're right. Uh, Lombardi got bored almost, became the GM, and then decided at some point to focus on the GM. Got bored again. You know, saw the saw the yep. Packers not performing as well as they would under his tutelage, and gets you know offered the you know offered the coaching and and GMing job at uh, at Washington and bounces. I mean, it's it's always tough to see your heroes you know put on another jersey or another helmet. I mean, yep. and uh, you know seeing Lombardi on the sidelines, Redskins coaching Sonny Jurgensen is definitely one of those that you it just you don't get used to. Yep, and and, and to me. You know, again, sadly, the way he passed, you know, with the pain he had, which is basically he would have been alive today because of all the technology we have today and the advancements in medicine. Uh, he ends up dying from it. And, you know, again, that, that's just part yeah. of his legacy. That's, you know, he did what he had to do, and then and he's gone, and, and that's it. So it was, a, it was a, actually a fleeing moment in professional football history, Vince Lombardi, and he will always be appreciated by Green Bay. He was appreciated by the New York Giants. He was appreciated by by uh, Army when he coached at uh, West Point. You know, and uh, I still remember going to uh, see a game at Army. We saw Army and Air Force several seasons back. Um, went on a bus trip, and I, on the bus, I'm you know giving the lecture on Lombardi at West Point. And a lot of people on the bus didn't even realize he was a, a coach there. And I said, you know, you're gonna, you you got some serious history here at at the uh, you know the military academy here of football. It's truly amazing. And Lombardi was part of it as much as he was part of the New York football scene. And he loved New York because you know that's all he cared. Yeah, he was the king here, king in king in New York. So uh, yeah, amazing story, amazing story. And then he goes to the middle of nowhere, Green Bay, and he, and he puts Green Bay on the map. And that's what it was all about. So that was his. That was his destiny. That was his legacy, and yeah. it'll never be forgotten in any way, shape, or form. So uh, you got you, you know you got a lot of hardcore fans with regards to they still live the Lombardi years 
and that's the comparison that a lot of green, especially Green Bay fan, Green Bay Packer fans like myself at my age, that's the what we compare everything by. You know, the 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 uh, the team, the true team spirit, the true the true team unification that they played as a team. What was that yeah. sweep? That sweep was a team effort. Packers can't sweep. be duplicated. Yep. Can't, can't be duplicated. Can, can you imagine practicing that a hundred times every day in practice until you were flawed? The famous Lombardi quote, we will run this play until we know it in our sleep, and we will run it on the exactly. field until the other team figures out how to stop it. I mean, it and is. If you, I mean, and if you got, look at when, you, when you're handing the ball off to Paul Horning or Jim Taylor, and you've got Jerry Kramer pulling, you know, to block in yep. front of you, I mean, yep. good luck. Yeah. Yep. And if you and if you actually look at old films of that play unfolding, it, it's just to me so poetic. It's just not even funny. It's just it's just something. If I was a coach today in the NFL, I would force my whole team to watch that over and over again, and and to say this this is what teamwork is. This is how you win games. This is a you know one yard at a time, one score at a time. That's what it's all about. And then so, that stuff that. You know, the stuff that that Packer team wasn't known for. I mean, uh, you know, the, the color barrier. I mean, you know, drafting, not black or white, but Packer green. Um, you know, yeah. drafting players for who they are. Dave Robinson, I mean, you know, speaks, you know, in that in that Packer, you know, uh, you know, video, in those Packers videos. I mean, spoke so highly of him. Uh, you know, and, and who was it? It was Jerry Kramer that was saying, you know, he had, you know, just how – Interesting it was to be roomed up with a you know with a black player in that era. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a, a lot more about it. You know, a lot lot more to them than you know than than just the on the field. Right, right. And again, uh, Lombardi also treated the players' wives very graciously. At, you know, at the end of the season, yeah. he would buy them mink, uh, mink stoles, he'd buy pennants and rings for them. You know, he treated everybody was family to him. That was his family, and that was the uh, you know the strongest strongest part about Lombardi. Um, quick story: when we were out in Green Bay, it had to have been 2008. Um, we first night we were there, we went to Lombardi's, uh, the restaurant, which is in Appleton. Yeah, and um, I ended up. <laughs> getting lost on the way out there at a rental car. And again, that's, uh, you know, it was pre uh, Google map day type of thing. So we're trying to figure out, you know, we got directions. We're getting there. We finally get there and they were very nice. We were a little late. They said, no problem. We your table, blah, blah, blah. And it was just so funny. They were playing the Falcons that weekend. And we walk in and our table is like directly across from the Falcons uh, coach coaching table there. Um, and a, couple players walked in and they were having dinner there and it was very nonchalant. I, you know, I'm not the type to Google anybody or go up to anybody to say, you know, you know, grab your autograph or whatever. I just, it was, it was just so cool. Here I am at Lombardi's. I'm not, I don't see one Packer person, but I see the, you know, literally the entire Atlanta Falcons team here. It was funny. It was truly funny. And then, uh, uh, the next day, good homage. (laughs) And then, and then, uh, the game day, I'm sorry, game day. We had we had flown out a couple of days early. Game day, we're at um, 
uh, Brett Favre's Steakhouse for the pregame. We were given tickets for it. And I'm <clears throat> in line with two Falcon guys right behind me. I can't catch a break. But those guys were very, very nice. They were very cool. And um, we had a nice conversation waiting in line to get in there. And, and again, the game day experience at, Lam- at Lambeau is unsurpassed anywhere. And yeah. you have to, if you go there, you have to go to the Packer Hall of Fame because I, it is yeah. just an incredible display of history of the Packers. Oh, Lambeau Field, Lambeau Field is Mecca for football. I mean, can you think of another exactly. stadium with that kind of storied history? I mean, you know, most stadiums have been, you know, built and torn down and rebuilt again. But Packer, you know, uh, you know Lambeau is, it's, it's the original. Yep. It's just incredible. And then, and one uh, one time we stayed out there. We stayed at a B&B in downtown Green Bay. <clears throat> and if you, the stadium is basically in the residential part of Green of Green Bay, which is like more of a um, residential than you go to, you know, a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, like a Route 1 where there's, uh, you know, shopping malls, plazas, things of that nature. And that time, we decided to walk into Green Bay that night. It was a nice night. We took a walk. We were going to find a place to eat. <clears throat> Brenda and I were, were the only people on the on the street. And we were saying, is this the Twilight Zone? Or, or you know, where is everybody? There's <laughs> no one here. There's, there's nothing going on anywhere. What, what's wrong here? And so we walked by the uh, church Lombardi used to go, go to on a daily basis. And then we're, we're saying, I, I really hope something's open. You know, we've we got to eat. And then, Luckily, we were like two blocks down. It started to bowl the restaurants open. And it was pretty funny. So I commented to the the uh, hostess at the, at the restaurant. I said, "Is is this normally like this?" She said, "Yeah, the night before game day, it's uh, it's a different vibe here downtown." But she said, "Tomorrow it'll be back to normal." I said, "Wow, that's un- unbelievable!" And that game, uh, the guy I got tickets from, who was actually a longtime subscriber to Gridiron Greats. He, uh, John Espen, he, uh, he said to me, um, you're going to park. He gave me directions to this person's house because a lot of people rent their yard out to park. So we <laughs> parked. There was $20 to park on her yard, and she makes a pregame uh, meal. So you go in and you, make, and you leave a donation. She had brats, beer, you name it. She had everything. So she's saying to us after the game, come back in, use the bathroom. I'll have more food out. Just close the door oh on the way gosh. out, and you'll be all set. And we're, like, laughing our heads off, saying, could you imagine this at the Meadowlands in New York? It's impossible. Yeah, it would never happen in Pittsburgh. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, never yeah, happen. That is amazing hospitality. I love it. Wow. It's just, you know, complete strangers. And, you know, we're talking to her like uh, long-lost friends, and, you know, she's asking asking them, you know, I can't believe you guys came out from Connecticut, blah, blah, blah. Can't believe you know John that well, blah, blah, blah. It was amazing. One of the times we were out there, too, uh, Fuzzy Thurston was still alive. So after the game, we went to Fuzzy's, uh, which was a bar and grill outside of uh, Green Bay. And uh, uh-huh. we go in there, and it's it, it's like a dive bar when you walk into the place. It was actually pretty cool. And, I, I you know, Mr. Naive there, I said, is Fuzzy there? Said, yeah, yeah, go in the back of the room. He's there. He'll take pictures with him or whatever. And um, he talked with the voice piece because he lost his voice. And I, got, I still got the picture of him with his arm around me with the fort with the three rings in front of, in front of my face, squeezing me. I mean, the man had a, like a bear hug at his age. And uh, he was just, uh, he was another one, where are you from? And he said, Wallingford, Connecticut. 
And he said, I can't believe you're all the way from Connecticut. He said, Packer fans are everywhere in the world. And uh, said, such a cool experience to, to meet him in person and, and talk to him. So great, great memories, great memories of, the, of Green Bay. And Green Bay Airport Good is very small. It's a, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tiny airport. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But anyways, hmm. great memories. Well, great memories. Well, again, my my condolences, Captain. I mean, a, another Packer great passing. Uh, I know. You know, uh, I know. You know Seahawks, Seahawks started in 1976, so I've got a ways to go before I have to start, you know, worrying about some of my childhood heroes passing. Yep, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, let's move on to – a few more subjects here and again if you don't subscribe to Gridiron Greats what are you waiting for GridironGreatsMagazine.com I got a comment on um, I think we should start making this a uh, regular uh, on the show just do a little blurb the eBay sighting of the week of an incredible (laughs) football item that how you can even comprehend you would list it the way you're listing it is beyond me and the award this week goes to a dealer who has a 1991 Pro Set number one Emmett Smith card in PSA 10 with a buy it now of a mere $12,000, or you could start the auction off at 7500 12000 buy it now. If you got a spare seventy five hundred, uh, bid on it. You know, I mean, I'm come sure on. for that amount of money, you could have Emmett fly to your house, you know, for your birthday party. It's uh, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, sincerely, I, I'm I'm one of those idiots. I, I looked up how much Steve Largent's speaking fee was once, just out of curiosity. <laughs> uh, it's ten thousand plus expenses, so. Uh, we, we, we joke around that one of these days I'm, I'm just going to splurge on it and uh, help it. Let's just bring Largent on out and put him up in a hotel. And he, he has to fly first class. He has to be put up at a nice hotel, and, and uh, you're paying all the expenses. So call it 13K, uh, you know, maybe 14K. And you, you've got Steve Largent for, you know, three, four hours. You know, come to a birthday party, a bar yeah. mitzvah, whatever you want. Just you know, let's go watch a movie. <laughs> let's go watch a movie, Steve. You know, whatever it is. It's uh you know, I, I just out of curiosity, I looked it up once. So anyway, <laughs> uh, unbelievable, yeah, kind of interesting. But, well, that that's funny. So that's, Did you bid on it, or are you just watching it, Bob? No, nah, I, I think I'll pass. You know, um, I know how you I, like you know, your slash PSA ten cards. I um, I I, 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 will, I will rationally assume you could probably pick up that card for maybe twenty dollars or twenty five at the most. So. I, I just can't see why somebody would pay that, you know. And I don't know if the guy's doing it as a joke or whatever, or whatever, or if he really seriously thinks that that's what it's worth, type of thing. So, who knows? Who knows? This is I got to ask. What What were you looking for when you stumbled across that little gem, Captain? Well, I was I was just you know I do random searches and um, you know I I for whatever reason I stumbled across it and then uh, we saw on VFC they had posted it also and I thought that was funny because I I, I was looking at it before and, I, and then I saw it posted and I said oh you gotta be it's it's just amazing it's just truly amazing there's, there's certain things on eBay that I see 
somebody trying to sell just just it defies the logic of any sort, and I just don't believe it ever sells. You know what I mean? So why are you wasting everybody's time with it and what, wasting the listing? Well, it's free listing, so. You, Why you, you see a lot more of this crap. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Free listings. You see a lot more of this crap yeah. nowadays than you did in the past. Because if you were listing, you know, a $150 card for, you know, for $7,000 and it cost you $14 to list it. I mean, yeah, or, or exactly. let's say it cost I mean, you $100 to list it for $7,500, you know, then you, you, you'd reel it in. And you wouldn't put all this yep. crap up. But I, I forget when they did away with listing fees. You know, obviously it facilitate more listings, but it, you know, you start seeing a lot more trash now. You know, no, I agree. It's just, it's just uh, comical. It's com- yeah, I mean, it reminds me of a, of a guy, and I, I know he was legitimately trying to sell his collection. He was at the Cleveland National, and he literally had every Browns card ever printed. And he had it beautifully displayed in all sheets and in binders. And he was telling me, he says, I really would like to sell this as a complete collection. And I said to him, man, you know, you put out a lot of money to set up here. You know, aren't you, wouldn't, wouldn't you think it would, it would make more sense for you to try to, uh, you know, people want one set or whatever, you know, I'm looking for a 58 team set or whatever, you know, sell it that way. He says, no, I want to sell it as is in the binders and the sheets. You know, I'll throw in the bookcases I brought here and everything. And I don't know if he ever did or not, but it was just fascinating to watch. I mean, he, he perfectly displayed everything and everything in nice nice and sheets and and everything but uh you know is there really a market for that like that at a show like that uh, i don't know you know, know. hey but if, if someone's setting up and uh you know that they, they've, they've earned the right to do that so i i don't know yeah it's, exactly exactly he's paid his price and i i i thoroughly yeah. enjoyed looking at everything i mean i thought it was great you know i wished him well i said if you know, some some Browns fan with the deep pocket, they got an incredible collection there. Or a dealer in, in the Cleveland area who deals in Browns. you, you got a great investment there. So, yeah, whatever. whatever. So I had to get in our – I had to get in our eBay, uh, believe it or – I don't know how to describe it, but believe it or not, eBay sighting that well, you cannot it'll believe. Become, it'll become – It'll become just as much of a staple of the show as Joe's quizzes after guests. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, let's, exactly. Let's shoot for it. But yeah, wanted to talk hey, about you... a couple of uh, auctions. That, oh, I beg your pardon. Yeah, I was um, going to say let's get in, let's get into the few of these auctions that we were talking about before. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple shows ago I was talking about a little you know uh, you know auction desert going on right now. It just seemed like you know our you know kind of our uh, you know summer auctions ended and. There was just this long desert of just nothing. And I, I love auctions. I love, I, you know, if, if, a, if a, you know, if there's nine auctions firing off, you know, or, you know, going at once and there's three things I'm watching. That's amazing to me. I love that. I, I love choices. So I always miss it when mm-hmm. there's a desert of, of auctions. So we have, we have a bunch of auctions that open and, uh, and some coming up, uh, you know, Leland's we've obviously had him on the show before uh, his auction opened mm-hmm. on November 11th. Uh, some really good stuff in there. Some uh, some complete sets, fifty Bowman all the way up to fifty five Bowman. Some of them move around. Uh, yep, I saw that. Just, uh, yep. 
some really good stuff. And it just, you know, Leland is always good for some good stuff. Uh, love of the game, advertiser of uh, Gridiron Greats, uh, Al Chris Foley, his, his auction fired off. Uh, mm-hmm. I was looking at it earlier. He's got some really nice 35 chickles that are you know, listed, as well as uh, my, one of my favorite sets of 48 leaf. PSA 8 Bill Dudley. That's beautiful, nicely centered. Uh, just some really good, you know, some good offerings and uh, love of the game. And then uh, we have three auctions that are firing off here in the next week. Uh, November 19th, Heritage uh, Sports. And they, they, it seems like they've always got a revolving auction. It, uh, it, it's confusing sometimes. Mile High fires off on November 23rd, which uh, Mile mm-hmm. High surprises you. They're a little shocking. It reminds me a lot of Huggins. You know, for some reason, I've got a lot of my really rare esoteric things out of out of Huggins, but Mile High always reminds me of that. They they surprise you. And then the the daddy, we've had Brian Dwyer on the show before. Uh, Rea fires mm-hmm. off on November twentieth, and uh, I keep hoping that's two days from now. I keep hoping somebody opens up a back door, you know, so we can get in and check check out what's going on at Rea. But always some right. good high end football offerings uh, in Robert Edwards. So. Uh, some good shows, some good, uh, some, some good auctions coming up. So I just I feel excited. I feel giddy. Just uh, we're we're coming into auction season, Captain. Looking forward to it. It's uh, it's interesting to see the offerings, and I'm going to make a comment on Al's uh, Love of the Game interactive catalog that he has online. Oh, uh, really cool. Um, if you subscribe to his auctions, he sends you a um, email to get into the catalog before you, you either a receive it in the mail and or, um, or, you know, it's opens and real cool to go through to see, uh, online the actual catalog and to uh, what's being offered so on and so forth. So yeah. I got to get that off to Al and all, all, that stuff. all the way down Very to interesting. the little details. The little detail. When you click on the page to move it, you can hear the sound of a page yeah. moving. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely that makes me that cracks me up every time. So I love it. Yep. But it's very very oh, uh, uh, interesting. And I also I did yeah. say Al at a couple uh, not the last national the one before. I said um, you can't you can't give up on a printed catalog because uh, there's too many guys out there old timers who want the paper, want the catalog in front of them. They're not computer guys. And they thoroughly enjoy getting yeah. the catalog and, and, and looking at it and, and holding on to it. And a lot of these same guys are subscribers to Gridiron Greats. So, I mean, they tell me all the time, please don't go to an online format. I, w- I want the real the real magazine in my hands. And, uh, you know, I understand that. I, I, I hear what they're saying. You know, uh, I prefer paper myself. I prefer the physical book. Uh, you know, the physical catalog, so on and so forth. The Packers this year, because obviously you can't go to the game, they're sending an interactive program with uh, the day before the game. So the actual printed program, you can view it online. So that's pretty unique. But like I said to myself, I still want the, I still want the program in my hand. You know what I mean? To, to uh, look at and to read rather than reading it online. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice they're doing that, at least uh, realizing that you can't go to a game and yeah. you can't see anything, but at least, at least you got it. So. I, also, I also try and be cognizant of the cost. I mean, because, you know, I, Al and I were, I, I think John and I were talking about that once too, Spano, is just the cost it takes to 
you know, I mean, obviously the pictures have to be taken, uh, you know, the descriptions have to be written, all that has to be done. Mm -hmm. But then once that's done, it's sending, it's collating it to pages, it's sending it off to a printer, it's printing it, Mm -hmm. it's packaging it, and it's shipping them. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know you're familiar with that, you know, as the you know, well, you know publisher yeah. of Gridiron Grace. But I mean, you know, it is a massive cost, you know. Uh, exactly. And exactly. So I mean, I, I like the format that somebody uses, where like if you opt out of receiving a printed catalog, you'll get Correct. like you know yeah. twenty bucks off your shipping or something like that. Right. Uh, right. You know, right. I mean, good alternatives that, but still, you know, you know, if you're shipping. You know, if you're shipping, you know, 600 catalogs versus 300, uh, you know, you, you've got to send it to the printer. The printer's got to set it up, but, you know. Right, right, right. Well, coming from well, a printing background, yeah. coming from a printing I background, I really... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Bob. No, I was, was going to say, coming from a printing background, it is a lot of work, and the cost of mailing yep. today is, is skyrocketing. So uh, it is a definite savings for the auction houses, to say the least. And that's a good idea. Give, them a, yeah. give somebody a credit, credit, free shipping or whatever it is, uh, if they opt out of it. So I agree with that. Yes, I know. I know most most of uh, America thinks it never rains in Portland, but man, it just started raining. I mean, hard to the point where it drowned out the sound of your voice, but, and it, it lasted about forty five seconds and just ended. That's uh, that's Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. All right, so we've got some good auctions coming up. It'll be interesting. We'll be talking about them down the road also. Uh, mm-hmm. Real quick comment Real quick comment from the latest issue of the magazine. Uh, I got a lot of um, comments on uh, Jeff Payne's article on the 67 Williams portraits, and I also yeah. got uh, several comments on Dr. Bob Stevenson's article on the Browns. Our cards, which is something I, I, I had one reader uh, send really me an email, article. and he basically said, I, I I can't believe that was the same photo they used. And I said, yeah. And I said, a lot of people don't realize that. But um, I, I heard about it quite a few years ago, and I never could understand it. Bob, Bob did a nice job um, writing about it and, and uh, informing the readers about it and the information with regards to it. But that was very common back then. Just, you know, take whatever they had laying around and that's going to be their, you know, that's, that's the card, you know, that's the photo for the card. And that's yeah. it. It's amazing. And reusing, <laughs> reusing it, you uh, reusing cards over and over, touching them up. Yeah. A little stuff. But yeah. Some really good articles. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. Just some, some very good articles in, uh, in the latest, you know, gridiron. Grid. And the, I always just, the Williams, Williams portrait was, was by far the, the most uh, intensive analysis of that set ever written. And uh, i got to compliment Jeff on it. That was, that was a great article. We we got a lot of nice uh, comments on it, to say the least. But um, I just want to point that out and point out uh, on those Browns cards, too, which, again, reminds me of the National at Cleveland those two times and the different brown fans I talked to there, and very interesting to say the least. All right, what else we got on uh, on our agenda here? Uh, we did our eBay sightings, our auctions. Uh, talked about the Packers. What else we got? Oh, boy! But it, it, you know, it's funny. You and I talk so much offline 
sometimes just the show is a continuation of that. What else we got here? Yeah. Exactly. I'm literally standing at my desk, and I was looking at Love of the Games. I was scrolling through that. Uh, Let's see here. What is some? The um, oh the other the other thing that I uh, wanted to comment on uh, again I had a nice conversation with a longtime local collector we were talking about publications I've been trying to help him sell some of his publications uh, he just doesn't collect football he collected all sports and, and you know it kind of reminded me of me that you know I always enjoyed back in the sixties I would buy sports magazines I had a subscription to the Sporting News. Uh, Sports Illustrated, one of his yeah. real, you know, real magazine of, of values, the old sport magazine, so on and so forth. And I just don't understand in a way why there isn't, uh, there is a demand, but yet there isn't a demand for publications. And I, I clarify that by saying, I know a lot of team collectors enjoy collecting the media guide programs, uh, any magazine that has a cover of the, you know, their favorite player, if they're, you know, for example, go back to the Browns, if they're a Browns collector, they'll collect anything that has Jimmy Brown on it or any anything that has Brian yeah. Sipe on it, whatever, that type of situation. But I, I, I'm just kind of I'm fascinated seeing why there isn't a greater demand for publications. And he brought up a good point. He says I, he really thinks because a lot of people don't have room or whatever, they don't want to have like a couple hundred publications you know, laying around. And I argue that, you know, basically that's one bookcase. You know what I mean? You can have a small bookcase and you can put your publications in it and you're reading history at all times, especially when you look at media guides. So um, I, I, I'm I'm just fascinated with that area that there's that greater demand. Obviously I could be wrong, but uh, hopefully in the future collectors, especially those uh, who started, collect, you know, collected in the 70s and 80s and then, stopped and now they get going back into it they start looking at the publications of that time frame and and say to themselves hey this is a nice part a nice uh addition to my collection whatever it may be whatever the collection and i just ordered some pre-bob swick uh swick enterprises gridiron greats um i've i uh i i picked up uh subscribing to gridiron greats in about 2009 uh when you and i met Mm -hmm. on a you know on a chat board and I'd, I'd never heard yep. Gridiron Greats before that. But the minute, you know, it was announced that you bought it, I was like, well, let me check this out. Uh, yep. so, um, so, you know, any previous, you know, any pre-SWIC Enterprises copies of Gridiron, I've never read. Uh, yep. Except when somebody will post up like an article of it in a reference or something like that. Um, well, yep. somebody, uh, so I, I think there's like 13... How, how many you, you would probably know? How many how many gridiron greats, uh, you know, magazines are there pre SWIC enterprises? Okay, so there's there's issues number one to twenty two. We started at issue twenty three, and issues okay. one, two, three, and four are exceptionally rare. Um, they yeah. they don't come to market very often. Numbers one and two very very uh, almost literally impossible to find in the market. So it's, it's a, it's a difficult buy to say the least. So somebody was selling, I want to say like, you know, numbered, you know, seven through, you know, 21 or something like that. So I just had uh, 11 or 12 episodes of gridiron grades delivered to my house. uh, And 
somebody they did a really nice job wrapping it in bubble wrap and stuff. It kind of made me laugh that you know they wrapped magazine, <laughs> magazines in bubble wrap. Uh, but yep. uh, so they are sitting on my end table of my couch, and I got them yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I said, unwrapped them. And I plan on starting to read, you know, pre-Swick Enterprises Gridiron Grace. Uh, but I'm kind of a minimalist. I don't like packing. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of scaled my collection down, you know, five, six years ago. And I used to keep, uh, you know, auction catalogs and stuff. So I went through yeah. and kind of threw yeah. those out. You know, I might, I might save yeah. an entire uh, catalog just because there's one thing I bought in there. So I went through and, you know, pull, yeah. pulled those pages up, threw a lot of stuff away. The one thing that I kept was every Gridiron Great magazine that I have. Uh, you know, Good. sitting, Good. you know, you know, sitting on my in my bookcase. So, and I gotta and I gotta say this, Val, we are very um, literally down to only one or two copies of the uh, USFL cover, the American Football League cover, yeah. and the um, the three copy uh, three issues that John Spano wrote uh, the articles on the um, the Mayo's. So um, we're some of the early issues now that we printed uh, are very much in low supply. So uh, again, you know, people looking at this stuff, people, you know, if you want to fill your run in, I, I highly suggest, you know, see them at an auction or whatever, pick them up. And again, issues one to 22 are, are very difficult to find. So uh, those are going to be more difficult and uh, tough to, to have a complete run. So it's kind of interesting. It's almost like a cult, a cult magazine yeah. following. You know, uh, again, and uh, it's 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 very interesting to see. And I'm and I'm very proud of the way the magazine progressed from uh, when we took it over in issue 23 up to our last issue, which was number 70. So it's it's been a long time. We 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 went to color. We went to first class mailing. Uh, we we did everything we could to try to improve the magazine. Uh, but again, I yeah. can't I can't do it without our writers and without our subscribers. So I appreciate you and I thank you. Without our uh, for senior all, contributing writers as well. That's true. That's true. There's <laughs> not but, everyone can be called that. But it was it was only it, a select few. <laughs> <laughs> but probably like five, six years ago, I went through and reread most of my gridiron grades. And then I, I had a little sticky note, you know, a little little group of sticky notes and I went through and, uh, you know, put sticky notes, you know, with, with little flags sticking out of all the good yep. articles. Yep. Uh, and I've yep. forgotten. I think my, the first article I ever wrote for you was uh, 1984 Tops. It was a 25. Yep. So it, was, it would have been in 2009 because it was a 25-year yep. anniversary of it. And yep. I had I remember that so well. much fun, so much fun writing that. And I learned so much about the, the, the set just by doing the research on it, like uh, – you know, just how the sheets were labeled, you know, you know, A, B, C, D in that instance. And I just learned a lot and I wanted it to be perfect in the pictures and stuff. And, and, uh, I, I think a lot of people have trepidation about writing an article for good art because, you know, they're, they're, they're afraid, but, and you can write on anything, you can write on anything you, you're, you know, that you collect on anything that you find fascinating in a hobby. And, uh, yep. that's what I love exactly. about good art is it's, you know, it's about sharing think, your knowledge with the rest of us. 
And I think that the nice part about the magazine is we we basically have given a spot for the football card and memorabilia collector who, you know, and I I hate to come right out and say it, we're shunned for many years until the football card explosion of 1989-1990 and still kind of shunned because there's there was really never any, you know, dedicated publication out there. You know, I don't I don't call Beckett Football Monthly or even tough stuff at the time being dedicated to collectors. Yeah, sports collectors, the old sports collectors digest did, you know, write a lot about football uh, cards, collectors, things of that nature, but still wasn't dedicated. You were still reading about the other collectors and the other sports. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's a niche publication and it has a very strong following. And, you know, again, I'll never be people magazine, nor do I want to be. <laughs> But at the same time, I think we, we've done a great contribution to the hobby over the years, and, uh, you know, we're still at it. So I'm, I'm proud of it, to say the least. And then, uh, yeah. you know, my, my, my right-hand my person, life, my uh, wife, laying it out life. every issue, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a big task. It's, it's not something we throw together in, you know, in 20 minutes and then, you know, we bring it to the printer. We spend a lot of time on this, uh, you know, putting it together and making sure, you know, we're we're at 100% with everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, to say the least. But we enjoy it. Yeah. My, my wife has a journalism degree, uh, and I let her read uh, one once, I think, uh, on the 57 Tops article. And I love dramatic pauses for commas and stuff like that, and I, I love sprinkling humor in there, as people can tell. Uh, but I let her read it. And she just started tearing it apart, like moving stuff, and this doesn't make any sense. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that I uh, saved a copy because I basically <laughs> learned my lesson of asking her to help. Uh, and then yep. we went to a Seahawks game, and I was telling her about when I was writing on the, the, the pencils, the football pencils. And she's the one who came up with the title for that, Gridiron Graphite, uh, which, yep. which yep. made me laugh. It was perfect. And she's like, so do I get a, do I get a proofread it? I'm like, hell no. So my my lesson is, is these 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 articles want to be you know they want to be cheeky they want to be fun you know we're here to yeah. we're, we're here to you know pass on a, I mean that's why I started you know that little series I had oh the oh the silly things we collect just because there are so many silly things that we collect that are just important yeah. us yeah. I mean if you bring this up if you bring this up at Thanksgiving like hey you want to see a Red Grange. Uh, you know, you know, seven foot long banner that you know was used in the fifties to advertise, you, you know, for you know Exxon Mobil, you know, college games. I mean, yeah. you know, people think you're crazy, but it's fascinating to us. Yeah, uh, it's, exactly. and the, the best way, the best way to scratch that itch is to share that, is to share it with people. Uh, I don't know. So if you're thinking about writing an article for Gridiron, and you, you're you're afraid to because you you want it to be perfect. Don't. I mean, and uh, I've even sent scratch articles off to Bob and a few other friends and said, "What do you think?" and gotten input from people, you know, and uh, and you know, just made made minor yep. adjustments. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Joe, we're we're uh, literally out of time. We got thirty seconds, five second wrap up, if any. Yeah, just I like these shows. I I I, I say it a hundred times. Best seat in the house, Captain. Uh, so this show just literally just kind of whipped by just because you and I talk all the time about football and on our exactly. chat boards, our vintage football chat board that Jeff Payne has. So uh, yep. another great day, another great show. Thank you, Bob. 
Thank you, Joe, and we're out of time. We'll be back hopefully uh, in a week or two uh, with another show. Thanks for listening.